Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. Well, it is my privilege to uh, talk on our Beyond series, uh, part two this morning. Who's excited? Yeah, it's going to be good. How how good was uh, last week's message from Josh? So uh, I just want to um, acknowledge, first of all, that this morning isn't just about me talking, but I'm wanting to invite and ask our Father in Heaven to speak directly to each person individually. So I'm just going to... I'm just going to pray in a minute for that. Um, that may be uh, cause some. It may cause some to feel a little nervous. You know, will God speak to me? But um, we'll just take baby steps this morning. I'm believing that as we open our hearts up, as we um, allow the Holy Spirit to talk to us, He will speak and He will grow us and He will. Uh, Move in our lives. Who believes that? So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that he is here among us right now. You said, Jesus said when he left the earth that he was going to go and send the Holy Spirit and that that was going to be a good thing. So we thank you for that. We thank you the Holy Spirit is here and and we uh, just... Open our hearts up to you now, Holy Spirit. We want to hear what you have to say. We recognize that you speak good into our lives and you want us to move towards our Heavenly Father. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So yeah, I'm excited to speak on part two of our vision series and uh, just start with the verse. So uh, if we can have that up on the screen, this is our key verse uh, for our series And it is Ephesians 3 verse 20. And it says this, Glory to God, who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask, think or dream by his power at work within us. Who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask, think or dream. Now last week, Josh shared on ask that he can do more than we could ask. And it was such a good message. Uh, He shared on the promises that God has in his word. Um, How many were there? There was like 800 or something. 8,000. Is that right? That's bigger than 800. It was amazing. So um, seriously, I think it was one of Josh's best messages. So if you missed out, uh, check it out on YouTube. Kind of download it, get it in your brain, get those promises. How good was that scene where he, he had that, that cupboard there with, with all the clothes and he was talking about what he packs on holidays and how he encouraged us to take God's promises, put them in our little backpack and take them with us through our week. Powerful. Who did that this week? No one. <laughs> I'm sure you all did it. Fantastic. And now uh, if you didn't, you're thinking, oh, yeah, I've got to do that. So that's fantastic. All right, so this week I want to preach. Can somebody say preach? Wow, I feel like I'm in America. I'm going to preach on moving beyond uh, not what we can ask, but moving beyond what we think. 
moving beyond what we think. Can someone say, think? Think, boy. That's what dad used to say to me. Not really. All right, so, um, so moving beyond what we can think. Sometimes I find it hard to think. Who believes that? Holly, Holly believes that. Sometimes I don't think. Uh, anyone that knows a 20-year-old male may realise that it's difficult to think when you're a 20-year-old male at times. Uh, our frontal lobes take a little bit of time to catch up with our female sisters. But um, when I was 20, I remember this situation. And uh, I, was, I was having an argument with my father. I lived at home at that stage. And I can't even remember what the argument was about, but I remember it got heated. I think I was asking for money or uh, maybe to go somewhere that dad didn't really want me to go. And, uh, you know, there was yelling, not so much from my father, as he's usually pretty calm and, and cool, but I'm pretty sure I had a, an elevated voice and, you know, discussing how it wasn't fair, you know. I don't care, dad. You know, it's not fair, you understand me? That kind of thing. And uh, I kind of remember storming out from the house walking up the driveway to my car, XB Falcon, 1973 Submarine Blue. I wish I still had it be worth actually a fair bit of money now. But then it wasn't worth anything. And I, I remember kind of walking around the back of the car between my car and my father's car, getting into the drive, uh, driver's seat, uh, slamming the door, chucking it in reverse, putting the throttle down and dumping the clutch and reversing backwards to an almighty and thinking, what have I hit? What? Then I remembered Dad's car was parked behind me. Looking around thinking, oh, no, I just, why didn't I think? And I remembered Dad. I remember him walking out from the house. And Dad's fairly not that animated usually. But I have this, <laughs> I have this vision of him standing there as a, with his arms outstretched. Thanks a lot! You know, <laughs> I'm just like, ugh. You know, and then he back, back in the house. That's all he said. Thanks a lot! Like, so sometimes I don't think... But sometimes I think too much. I remember uh, a few years back I decided that I liked coffee. But I didn't just like coffee. I loved coffee and I made it my mission to make the perfect coffee. So I bought a commercial coffee machine. I learned how to use it. I restored it. I, I kind of started my uh, obsession reading, reading, reading. I learned that uh, to make the perfect coffee, you need certain beans, Arabica beans, built, growing in the highlands. I, I learned that uh, you have to roast them a certain way, so I actually started roasting my own beans. I, I learned that there's light roast, there's medium roast, there's dark roast. Light roast is fruity, dark roast is bolder. I learned that light roast has more caffeine. So I learned about this. So I started roasting. I learned about grind rates and how you've got to use a conical grinder. 
burr grinder and you've got to kind of grind it to a certain kind of grind size so that the water flows through under 30 seconds, 30 mils under 30 seconds. Do you get what I'm saying? I learned all this stuff. It has to be 98.2 degrees. And I learned that the pressure has to be nine bar. And if it all goes according to plan, then you've got to get the milk right. You've got to steam that milk. You've got to have the milk fold around itself. You don't want it to bubble and you kind of you want it micro bubbles, you see. It's got to be under 60 degrees. I learned all this stuff. And I remember one day it all came to a head and I decided this is, this is the day, Mark. And I went out in the uh, carport, I roasted the beans, I cooled them down, I grinded them to the right, I heated the machine up, I got the pour right. And I remember holding this cup of coffee in my hands and thinking, this is it. I've finally done it. This is the perfect cup of coffee. And I brought it down and I placed it in front of Holly and I took a step back. And she, drank, she looked up from her book, she took a sip. I said, how is it? She said, it tastes like coffee. So now we have a pod machine. I realised I was maybe overthinking it a bit. So sometimes I don't think, sometimes I think too much and sometimes I think about the wrong things. Once again, I was around 20, not probably that far after I reversed into my father's car. I remember I, remember I was a musician and I wanted to buy a guitar amp. And so I did all the research. You might be realising I'm a little bit obsessive by now those of you know me you're not surprised at all but I wanted to buy the perfect guitar amp so I started kind of investigating about these different amps a Fender amp should I get a Marshall amp should I get a Vox amp should I go digital modeling should I go old school solid state valve amp I started looking at all this stuff foot pedals integrated pedals you know and I remember after about six months of thinking about this, I'd kind of felt like I wanted this particular amp. I had the pamphlet there. I remember walking into Dad's office and saying, Dad, I think, I think this is it. I've been saving and I've got enough money for this now. I, I, what do you think? I think I'm going to buy this. What do you think? And he said, forget about the amp. Get your act together and marry Holly. He said, buy an engagement ring. And I thought, he's got a point. <laughs> spent thinks, I've spent six months thinking about an amp. I'm going to get married. So I went out and I bought an engagement ring. And now I have a wedding ring and a wife. So sometimes I think about the wrong things. And maybe I've made some jokes about this, but maybe you're the same as me. Sometimes you might realise you don't think. You do stuff and you've thought, man, I didn't think that through. You say things you regret. You put your shoes in the refrigerator and the, and kind of the, you know, <laughs> you know, have you ever done that? You go into the room and you put something and they're like, where is that thing? It is weird. It's weird. Sometimes we don't think. Sometimes we think too much, overthinking. We have anxiety because we go around and round and round in our minds. And sometimes we spend a lot of time thinking about things that we probably shouldn't. So our key verse, like I said, is glory to God who was able to do far beyond all that we could ask, think, dream by his power at work within us. So God is already moving beyond 
what we could think. He's doing stuff that we can't comprehend. He's far beyond what we can think, but he wants us to catch up. Right? He wants to take us with him. He wants us he wants to transform the way we think to become more like how he thinks. There's a verse in Romans 12 verse 2 and it says, "Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a perfect, as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. I've got dyslexia this morning for some reason. I do have a little bit of it. But I don't know what's going on with my brain. I'm a little tired. So he says he wants to uh, transform us by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. When I was a kid in Sunday school, we memorized it by saying that be transformed daily by the renewing of your mind. Many of you would have heard that. Be transformed. Let God transform you daily by the renewing of your mind. So God wants to take us beyond what we think. He wants to transform the way we think. He wants to change our thinking. He wants to grow our thinking. He wants to stretch us from where we're at to something more. So why is that so important? Why is the Apostle Paul talking about this to the Galatian church? Why is he saying this idea of uh, thinking and changing the way we think is so important? Would you be able to put that uh, picture up on the board Guys, thank you. And this is called the cognitive model pick. Now, psychologists have known for a long time about the way our brain works. Okay, so so what you would understand, most of you, is that when we have a certain behaviour, when we have an action, when we have something that we do, it doesn't come from nowhere. An action, a behavior always is preceded by a feeling, an emotion, something that we feel. But feelings and emotions don't come from somewhere. They're actually uh, motivated by a thought. So we see how it becomes really important. Our thinking comes, becomes really important because it's, it's really the first in line from when a situation happens or, or something in our lives the first thing is a thought. The second thing is the emotion or the feeling. And the third thing is what we, how we respond to that in action. And, and I, we can, as Christians, I don't know if you're like me, but, but I used to really get stuck in this behavior mindset. Because quite often the behavior is what we're aware of. It's what we get in trouble for. It's what we don't like about ourselves quite often is our behavior. We do something that we don't like. We're aware of something. Maybe we, we lose our temper. Maybe we act in a way that hurts someone and we're like, hey, I don't like that. And so we, what we usually do to, to, to try to fix the situation is address the behavior by using self-control. We grit our teeth and we think if I can try harder, 
then I can change. Now, there's nothing wrong with self-control. There's nothing wrong with trying to change a certain behavior that's not helpful. But quite often we forget that it's actually part of a cycle that starts with a thought. Same as emotions. Quite often we spend a lot of time trying to control our emotions, but we forget that an emotion always comes from somewhere. Hence, we understand now, thanks guys, you can take that down, why Peter is talking to the Galatian church about thoughts. Why God says that he wants to transform our thinking. Because it comes from there. Yeah? Is everyone with me this morning? So be transformed daily by letting God change the way we think. Now, of course, this lines up really well with, with the idea of faith. Many of you would be aware of this idea of faith. Throughout the whole Bible, it talks about this thing called faith. So what is faith? Faith is a decision to believe God. It's an acknowledgement that God is right, I am wrong. It's believing in God's word. It's motivated once again by a thought, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So faith is choosing to do something. It's choosing to believe something. It's, it's changing the way you think. It's God in action. In our brains. So I know this morning that you guys are not just wanting to sit there and be entertained. I love to tell a funny story or two, but you you guys are not here to be entertained. You're not here for that. Otherwise, you'd be sitting home watching Netflix, right? You want you're here because you want to grow. You're here because you want, to, you want to have God speak to you. So I want to make this morning as practical as possible by giving you three ways uh, that God wants to transform your thinking. I want to really break things down and um, just bust it apart a bit. And like I prayed and talked earlier this morning, I don't want it just to be about me talking. I want to try and create an atmosphere where you individually can have, in a sense, a dialogue with God. So the three things, three ways that uh, God can change the way we think this morning, three things to move beyond in our thinking is this. I want us to move beyond fear. I want us to move beyond flesh and I want us to move beyond the foreshore. That's what God's calling us to do is to move beyond fear. He wants us to move out of fear towards him. He wants us to move beyond flesh and fleshly thinking and he wants us to move beyond the foreshore. So one, move beyond fear. He wants us to move beyond fear towards faith. Moving beyond fear towards faith. So Isaiah 41.10 says this, Fear not, 
There is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of righteousness and justice. What a great promise. And that verse is actually repeated in the New Testament in Acts as well, where I think Peter proclaims the promise that uh, God speaks to Isaiah. And if he does it, then we can do it, right? We can take that promise and we can proclaim it. God speaking to us. Fear not. I am with you. So who's ready to get rid of some fear this morning? Who's done with fear? We're declaring zero tolerance with fear here today. Fear no more. So what is it that gets you to fear? What is it personally in your life? What fear do you sometimes get stuck in? Maybe it's a fear of what people think. Growing up, I remember a young man I used to know, and sometimes it would take him an hour to leave the house in the morning because he felt like he needed to check things and double-check things and look in the mirror, was was his hair okay, maybe did I brush my teeth, and he would go around in a, a circle of fear. And sometimes maybe we we don't exactly do that, but we get stuck in fear. Maybe it's a fear of what people think. Maybe you're bombarded with that, that it almost paralyzes you at times. Maybe it's a fear of being embarrassed. Maybe it's a fear of having financial problems, not having enough to pay the bills. Maybe it's a fear of of never getting married or not finding the right one. Or, Or maybe it's a fear that it's all going to come crashing down one day and your husband or your wife will leave you. Maybe it's a fear of dementia, of, of old age, of death. Maybe it's a fear of failure. Maybe it's a fear of losing control. I don't know what it is. But I believe that God wants to speak to us this morning. He didn't die for nothing. And he's here and he wants to support us and we don't need to fear. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray a little prayer now. And I'm going to believe that God right here, right now is going to speak to you and just show you a fear that you can give to him this morning. That as I pray, he's just going to bring to your mind, yeah, actually, I do worry about that. And you've got an opportunity right this morning just to hand that over to him and say, you know what, God, I'm going to allow you to transform the way I think. I'm going to give that to you and I'm going to claim the promise that you have for me that I don't need to fear. That I'm just going to take that fear from the 50-yard line, kick it straight through the middle 
and get rid of it out of my life, yeah? And then together we're going to do something called a renunciation prayer, like a congregational prayer where we say, I'm done. I'm done with that. Does that sound cool? All right. Father, I just pray right now over each person here. As they sit here with uh, their hearts open to you, that you would just bring to mind a fear that sometimes controls them. Fear that they're carrying around that they don't need to, God. Just drop it in their heart so they can give it to you this morning. Thank you, Father. So I'm believing that many of you have got a fear that God's just brought to mind. Yep. And he's just saying to you in your heart, I don't, you don't need that. So we're going to pray together. Would you like to put the uh, renunciation prayer up on the uh, board? Thanks. Here we go. So it says, Lord, I renounce this fear. And just in the, where those little three dots are, just... In your mind, as you say that, I just encourage you to say, Yep, yeah, God, you know what it is. Because God has not given me a spirit of fear. I choose to live by faith in the God who has promised to protect me and meet all my needs as I walk by faith in Him. It's a good prayer, hey? So let's do that together. Lord, I renounce this fear because God has not given me a spirit of fear. I choose to live by faith in the God who's promised to protect me and meet all my needs as I walk by faith in him. It's very good. So God wants us to move beyond fear towards faith. The second one he wants us to do is move beyond flesh towards the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says this. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your flesh. For your flesh craves things that offend the Holy Spirit, and hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old flesh from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. So what Paul's saying is there's a bit of a war going on inside us there's the old flesh nature things that we naturally want selfishness the things that just our body naturally craves 
But then there's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And I love how Paul talks about it being powerful. And these things battle in us. But Paul gives us an answer. In the right in the middle, he says, As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of the flesh. So as we yield to the Holy Spirit, as we say, Yes, Holy Spirit, I want what you want, we defeat the power of the flesh. How good is that? It's a good promise. We have all kinds of fleshly natures. Anything that's selfish, anything that is me first is the flesh. Uh, Gluttony, eating too much, um, wanting money, wanting things, sexual lust and desires where we're not thinking of others. All that stuff is the flesh, right? Uh, Rudeness, conceitedness, pride, thinking uh, that what... What we want above what others want. So um, let's ask God now to reveal an aspect of your flesh that he wants you to trust him with. Let's just quietly say to God, what, what is it, God? What is it that you want to show me now that I don't need anymore because I've got the power of the Holy Spirit? I don't need to do that. I don't need to put my fir- myself first in that because you care and you're going to help me. You're going to be my strength. So um, now this is, uh, this is interesting because what will happen as we do this, as we give this to God, the next time we go to, to do that particular sin or, or fleshly selfish action, because we've given it to God, uh, the Holy Spirit will, will speak to us and, and he'll whisper in our ear, Hey, Mark, you don't need that anymore. You've given it to me. I'm here. That old flesh nature was crucified with Christ. You're raised with him. You're a new creation. So let's keep going. In that direction. He'll help us. He'll strengthen us. Now, sometimes some of these things can become such a habit that we need a friend and some support to help us through. James 5.16 says this. Confess your sins to one another that you will be healed. And so sometimes uh, where we get really stuck, and I've had to do that at times in my life, go to a pastor, a leader, a youth leader, and just say, oh, I'm really struggling with this, and God's set me free. But the first step is to, uh, to give it to God, to renounce that flesh, and ask and lean on the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to pray. Father, I just pray right now. For each and every person here. And just like those fears that you revealed, God, we come to you understanding that we're new creations, but the flesh is still a bit of a battle in us at times. So, God, I pray that you would reveal to us all something you want us to give to you, something selfish that's in our lives. 
that we can trust you with. Thank you, Father. Okay, we ready? Let's put the uh, renunciation up on the board. Uh, this one says, Father, I renounce this flesh. I don't need it anymore. God, you've got something better for me. Because I and it were crucified with Christ and I don't need it anymore. I choose to respond to the Holy Spirit as he produces good fruit in my life as I walk by faith in him. Let's pray that together. Father, I renounce this flesh because I and it were crucified with Christ and I don't need it anymore. I choose to respond to the Holy Spirit as he produces good fruit in my life as I walk by faith in him. This is good stuff. Point number three, he wants us to move beyond fear. He's calling us to move beyond flesh and he wants us to move beyond the foreshore towards the rock foundation. He wants us to build our house on the rock, not on the sand. Now, a few years ago in Sydney, there was a, um, a big storm. And it hit the houses on the foreshore there. Do you want to chuck up some of those pictures? So we see that these houses were built really on the sand, right on the foreshore of the beach. But when the storms came, they were just absolutely wiped out. That's such a great photo. Look at that guy. He's probably thinking, how much is this going to cost me? There's his pool. And... The sea and the storms just wiped it out. We know that, that there's a famous uh, message that Jesus preached about moving beyond that and uh, building a house not on the sand but on what God has for us. It says here in Matthew 7.24, So everyone, this is Jesus talking, So everyone that hears these words of mine and acts on them, be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods and torrents came and the winds blew and slammed against the house, yet it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came and the floods and torrents came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell. Great and complete was its fall. God is calling us to move beyond the foreshore, to not build there, but build our house on what He says. He wants us to to remind ourselves of His words in our life so that when the storms come, we won't be uh, knocked over, pushed down, washed out. And we notice there's, there's a number of ways that we can, we can actively do that. 
that we can build on the rock. One of those things that Jesus is talking about earlier in the chapter is living with a spirit of grace, having grace for other people. Forgiving is building our house on a rock. The other one he talks about in this chapter is treating people how you would like to be treated. The golden rule, living like that is building your house on the rock. Being thankful is building your house on a rock. And reminding ourselves of what God has done in our lives is building a foundation. It's building our house on the rock. Other storms that He has brought us through, when we reflect on that, it strengthens us and it builds our house on a rock. Um, David says this in Psalm 34. He gives us a great example of this. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. The humble and downtrodden will hear it and rejoice. And in Samuel, 1 Samuel 17.37, this is my favourite. I've, I've preached this a number of times, but I don't care. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it again. The Lord who rescued me from the claw of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead. May the Lord be with you. So we see David. He's about to face a storm. There's this big giant in front of him who's stronger, who's more experienced, who's got better weapons. And how did David fight this storm? He built his house on the rock. He reminded himself of what God had brought him through. What God, the storms that God had lifted him out of, brought him through. So this morning I want to pray that God brings to your mind something that gives you hope, a promise, a verse, a situation that He's brought you through, those bears and those lions that you faced so that you could hold on to that in a sense like a brick, like a foundation so that when you face the next storm, you've got something to hold on to. You've got your house built on a rock. So let's pray. Father, I just pray for every person here. As this is our last prayer, just that verse talking about taking your word, God, I pray that you would speak to people this morning. Give them something that they can hold on to. Give them a memory, a promise you've given them, something you've brought them through. Help them to to go back in their mind over those things that you've been with them through. That they remember your grace and your mercy, your power, your might, your glory. Father, we pray, speak right now. Father, we thank you for what you brought us through. Father, we thank you that we see in the Old Testament time and time again, the Israelites reflected and remembered how you brought them out of Egypt, how you brought them across the Red Sea, and that gave them great hope for the future. Because if you brought them through that, you could bring them through anything. And God, I pray that you would uh, rise faith in people this morning as they reflect and remember who you are and what you've done. 
that it will be like a solid rock. Let's say this renunciation or this prayer, this, uh, this promise together. It says, Father, when I'm in a storm, I choose to remember what you've brought me through. It's a pretty basic, Father, when, you've, when I'm in a storm, I choose to remember what you've brought me through. It's a pretty basic prayer, but it's powerful. So let's say it together. Father, when I'm in a storm, I choose to remember what you've brought me through. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Lifehouse. God's house, our home.